On this episode of Come Pray With Me, we will be discussing Wicca, one of the more misunderstood religions. It combines many elements and aspects of ancient pagan faiths, and it was officially introduced to the world from England in 1954 by writer and anthropologist Gerald Gardner. Gardner has written many of the core texts on Wicca, but there is no official sacred text in Wicca like with other religions. Wicca itself is du duotheistic with the worship of the god and goddess. Today, I am interviewing my good friend Eli Henford to learn more about Wicca. Good morning, everyone. I'm your host, Sarah Walsh, and welcome to this episode of Come Pray With Me. Today, I have my guest, Eli Henford, and he's going to be teaching us some about the Wiccan faith. Thank you very much for being with us today, Eli. Uh, this is going to be so much fun. Thank you for having me. I'm glad I came down. Thank you. I appreciate it. So how long have you been a practicing Wiccan and in what ways would you say it has affected your life? Uh, it's been a little bit more than a decade. Actually, it might be longer. Um, I actually grew up Catholic and then at a certain point, um, everything flipped. I was like, this isn't for me. I got to find what works. So maybe 15, 16 years. Oh, okay. So that's a long time then. Yeah. Uh, it just, it was one of those things where it's like, everything makes sense to me. I feel right about it. This is where I should, you know, so it kind of just gave me the confidence more to be myself, which helped because I, you know, I'm also gay, so I came out very queer, and I always had confidence issues. So being able to like study paganism, sorry, paganism and Wicca, kind of helped boost my confidence. Like I can do whatever I want, you know, and be myself. It's okay. So is that one of the reasons you were attracted to Wicca? I think so, mostly just because it's all about. There's no set rules, you know? It's all about study, interpretation. Um, there are commonalities in everyone's practices, but they're not set in stone. Everyone follows their own path, their own journey, and you're allowed to build yourself up how you want. And that's awesome to be that open, fluid, and accepting in a culture. You never find that. That's true, that's true. I noticed that a lot with... Uh... Wicca is a lot of the people are very much open-minded to all sorts of different ways of life and of being. In contrary to popular belief, a lot of people think that Wiccans or Wiccans in general go out and try to convert people, and we're not about that. You say you're a Christian, I accept that. You know, I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. That's what you believe. It's cool. Just, you know, don't try to change the way I think. You know, I give you the same, I would expect the same respect. As in, you don't have to believe what I believe, but respect that I have my beliefs. I like that. I think that's a very important point to make, since there's a lot of stigma for Wiccans and pagan religions in general. In fact, a lot of the other people I asked to be guests on the show either outright refused or wanted to remain completely anonymous. And you're one of the few people that was willing to come on the show and be yourself and not hide. So what are some of the ways that you feel we can help combat the stigma? And then what are some of the key points about the stigma that affect your life? I think conversation is everything. The only way you're going to end a stigma or an ignorance or intolerance or anything is to talk about it openly and honestly. It, the discussion may be uncomfortable. It may get heated. But at the end of the day, it's one of those things that needs to be talked about. And most people are don't want to talk about it because it makes them uncomfortable or they feel like they're going to be judged. Yeah, but you have to do it anyway. You know, that's the only way we're going to push past all of that. 
Um, and like, there are so many crazy stigmas that are associated with it. Like, whenever I tell someone I'm a Wiccan, the first thing they jump to is, you worship the devil. You summon demons. But it's not that. I mean, for some people, it may be, but it's different for everybody. For me, I do, a lot of my work is rooted in um, energy and healing because I know so many people who I want to be able to help. I want to be able to heal. You know, so I do a lot of work with, like, herbal remedies and I've been studying Reiki to like help align misaligned energies and stuff like that just because I am such a dream person and I'm such a giving person I just want to be able to help and I try to use my knowledge and my skills to kind of help with that it's not what the media portrays as that's all we're not running around in cloaks threatening to slaughter lambs that's insane that's when you start bordering on cults and not actual Wiccans. <laughs> so to you, being a Wiccan means being a giver and being a healer and using what you've learned in Wicca to help and heal those around you? You want to think you have the power to change things for the better. And that's what I want. I want to be able to use whatever cosmic energies are flowing in the world to change things for the better. You know, especially since I need a lot of healing myself. You know, if I can find a way to heal me or heal, heal myself or my spirit or my heart, why not do that for other people? In Wicca, there are certain figures such as the god, the goddess, the mother, and the crone. Who exactly are they and what role do they play in Wicca? So, the god is an interesting figure. He's the masculine side of the um, he's the hunter, he's the gatherer, he's the provider. All the things you would typically associate a man with. Um, when you work with him, it's rooted in power. Um, things like that. Like, all the things you would associate a man with. You know, strength, power, protection. That's who he is. That's what he does. He's very testosterone, but, you know, and he's, because his ruling element is the sun, he can be a bit temperamental, let's say. On the flip side, you have the goddess, and she's special because she is three things in one. That's why they call it. So, she's not just the goddess, she's the mother, the main, and the girl. She's her own holy trinity. Each one associates with a different um, phase of the moon, something different. Um, the maiden is um, crescent to waxing. She's innocence and youth, and spring and all that fun stuff the actual mother the most powerful of the three she's the full moon she's life, she's nurturing she's giving, she's caring and then you have the crone, this hag because <laughs> that's also what they call her the hag um, she, she reminds us what the other two don't that there's death in life you know, that's where she rules, she rules on the new moon the well, waning side you know, death but you can't have the other two without her because it all goes back to some cycle of rebirth. That those three, along with the guy, keeps a uh, the god keeps a very delicate balance that keeps everything spinning because we can't have one without the other. We have someone to nurture us and someone to protect us and someone to remind us that we go through these phases in life. And most people who work in energy and healing do a lot more work with the triple goddess than they do the god because. She has that whole nurturing reverb thing going for her. So, I do a lot of work with her. It's interesting. <laughs>
So basically, uh, these figures act as the balancers to one another, sort of like some people could compare it to yin and yang, like you can't have one without the other, and both are a necessary part of life, almost like a, what some people call the divine masculine and the divine feminine. Yeah, um, most definitely. I know that some people um, only work with one and not the other. That's how they practice. That's perfectly fine. But they acknowledge the fact that, hey, this guy or this girl exists. You know, I can't really finish what I'm doing with this person unless I acknowledge this person. So um, I try to do, when I do rituals, um, worship both at the start. You know, give my thanks for everything. But then I go towards who I'm working with at that time. So it's like, I'll do a start, like, you know, thank you, God, thank you, goddess, for you know, this, this, and this. And then I will veer off into who I'm actually working with. I very seldom work with both sides. So what are some of the aspects of Wiccan rituals? What do they include? Uh, different for everyone. Um, but for me personally, um, I like to create a safe space, cast a circle, keep negative energy out when I'm working. Um, I invoke elements, I invoke whatever spirits I'm using or I need to make the ritual work. Um, a lot of candle work, maybe an affirmator there. I very rarely do anything that involves needing blood or anything like that. There are some rituals I've done in a group setting in the past where it's just like prick of the finger. And we all collectively put a drop of blood in for like uh, when we're working with energy and stuff like that. But it's mostly just creating the safe space in order to work and casting my attention on the world. Um, the ritual that I've done the most would be when people pass on. Um, I actually don't remember how I ever came up with this. I don't know where it came from. I don't know if I read it. It's just one day it showed up in a book of shadows. But it's a ritual to help the spirit of the departed pass over to the other side so they can start and like i said one day it was just in my book shadows and i went for it i was like i don't know how you got here but i like this and that's the one i do the most it brings me and the people around me comfort knowing that there's an extra hand helping a loved one move over to the other side so they're not stuck you know that's a very kind thing to do now i was reading in wicca that uh wiccans believe when people pass on that they go to another realm called Summerland and in Summerland they are taken by the god and then they get to see their life all over again almost like a movie. Now what fascinated me about this is there are some scientists out there that argue when people die there's still some brain activity going on for a few minutes and during this time people see their lives all over again, almost how when people have near-death experiences, they claim to see their life flashing before their eyes. Honestly, I think it all ties together. Um, just because I've had a few near-death experiences. But, you know, I think the that Summerland is an actual godsend. Um, just because it's not just seeing the life you just lived, you can uh, you see the other lives your spirits live. Um, and that's when people say, "I've had a dream. I I've never done this. I've never done this, but it felt like you know that was me." You're seeing your past life. Like your spirit is, it's like a hard drive. 
and all your past lives are in there. And they just randomly pull out, you know? And when you're in Summerland, you get to see all that clearly, not just bits and pieces. But you also get the choice to either stay there or start. Personally, the way I am, I'm probably just going to bypass seeing my, my past life and just get there and be like, start again. Like, hit the reset button. But, you know, Summerland's great because you get that choice. You get to wait for your loved ones and start over together, or you just get to stay there, or you get to just start over. You can just keep reliving past lives. It's great. It's comforting to know that you have that, and you're not going to miss out on everything. You know, it, it brings you that peace to know that when you get there, you have options, and you have a choice, and that brings a lot of people comfort. And you have people like me who are just like, nope, hit the reset button, I'll start over. Oh, that is very fascinating. So Wiccans believe in reincarnation, but then they also believe in another spiritual realm that they could dwell in and be safe and happy. Yeah, I would think, like, some people would say it's kind of like purgatory. But it's not exactly purgatory. Purgatory is the space between this realm and that realm. So it's basically where ghosts and everything dwells. But it's the easiest way to explain it to people if you think of it like a second level of purgatory. It's kind of like a, a backdoor to everything. It's pretty cool, you know? And it's different. Kind of on the flip side, like Christian heaven, the experience is different for everyone. But if you ever hear someone talking about their past lives, that's probably someone who remembers their time there. And they're not crazy. They're, they remember they're, they remember starting over. They remember what they did before. I've always found that interesting. Yes, I find that very interesting, too. And I always sort of compared purgatory to being like a, a rehab for the soul, since it's uh, intended for people that were not good enough for heaven, but not evil enough to be sent to hell. And in purgatory, the souls learn to be a better person. So it's sort of a place for bettering yourself and reflecting on the life you led. And I noticed that is true to Summerland as well. People that are there reflect on their lives and attempt to better themselves, although they have more choice than the people in purgatory since you can't really choose what happens when you're in purgatory it's all up to god whether you're deemed to be reformed and good enough for heaven or if you're beyond saving and you get sent to hell yeah i've never understood that about catholicism or christianity <coughs> just because um they say that God's omnipotent, he knows the beginning and the end, so if he knows you're going to be lingering in purgatory, what's the point of even trying to change if he knows that's where you're just going to stay, you know? not, not I'm not knocking it, I'm just saying I, it just didn't make sense to me. At least this way, you have the chance to redeem yourself in a judgment-free environment, as opposed to, I already know what the answer is, but we're just going to see how this plays out, you know? Never understood that. So. With Wicca, it's more like, even though there are certain figures that are guiding you, you're the one that's in control. Yeah, it kind of ties into part of the Wiccan read, which is 
the most famous eight words, but um, do what you will, but harm none. Um, because the whole point is everything you put out in the world, good or bad, comes back to you threefold. If you put something out bad and you die as a result, you gotta sit there and figure out, like, why? What happened? You know? Because people, I don't believe people are inherently good or evil. I think that's why I like Summerland, because you're not inherently good or evil. It's your choices. So if you are a bad person and you have the chance to sit there and reflect like is this really what i wanted is this really what i should be doing can i give myself a second chance to start over and try to be a better person that's a lot better than a divine figure just saying oh no you're just a bad person down you go you know i think the god and goddess even though they're probably omnipotent too they're giving you a choice that's the whole point of free will you have the choice to change. You have the choice to start over and reflect and rehab yourself. And you have a place to do it. Judge me free on your own terms in your own way. Would you like to share a Wiccan prayer for us that means a lot to you? Uh, just the Wiccan read, really. I don't really have a lot of uh, Wiccan prayers that I go into. The read is it's everything to me. Just because it's a reminder to always be careful with my practicing. Everything I do has a consequence, and the Wiccan read always keeps me in check, because I'm not above temptation there. Sometimes I'm so angry at someone or something, I want to go out and do something stupid, and I read it, and I'm like, nope, this is going to come back in a bad way. Nope, check yourself, relax, it's okay. <laughs> you know, but that's just the main thing, like, every Wiccan knows to read. I usually keep the... I keep the old style in here. There's two styles, a newer style and an old style. But, like, it's all old English. <laughs> and it's so long, but, you know, harm none, do what you will. And I vow to never use my skills to harm another person. I wanna, I'm here to help people. I'm not here to hurt. So that just keeps me in check and keeps me on the right path. So to you, pacifism is an important part of being a Wiccan, and you see Wicca as a way to peacefully resolve any conflict that comes about between others. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying let's start magical warfare, because that's not going to end well for anyone. As a pacifist, brings me that calm to help me be the person I need to be for other people. Like, if I can keep myself in this calm and this peaceful state, I can use my skills, I can use my abilities, I can use my knowledge to continue to be that good person for everyone else, to continue to heal people things like that. I never want to give anyone an excuse to look bad at Wiccans or Pagans, and I never want to be that person that one in a million chances like, oh, this person did this. Now they're all bad, you know? I'm trying to be the example that Pagans and Wiccans were just like everyone else. We have our beliefs, we have our practices, we're not good, we're not evil, we're, we're just existing. We're just doing what we believe in. And I want to bring us back into a more positive light than we have been painted in recent times. Yeah, I noticed that even uh, recently, there are still some very negative depictions of Wiccans and Pagans in the media. And a lot of times, rather than it just being portrayed as a one-off cult, people depict it as being completely factual. I just think it's because people fear what they don't understand. And a lot of people are born into cultures that fear the unknown, and then they're reluctant to try to learn or try to understand. 
And it's nothing against them. I mean, if that's how you were raised, that's how you were raised. You know, some people are stuck in their ways, but you have people who want to understand, but they're afraid to. Or they want to understand, but they're afraid to learn because they feel they'll be judged. But, you know, expand your mind. Learn. Everyone wants this world to be more peaceful and better for everyone. Then the only way we're going to do that is learning, understanding, tolerance, patience. You know, it all comes from knowledge. That's exactly how I feel, and that's why I started this program, to try to spread understanding and tolerance toward the many different beliefs and ways of life that exist in our world. It's very admirable, because not many people will take this initiative. I I find that as an admirable quality, because you're doing what a lot of people are afraid to do. When me, I'm not afraid of anything, so I drove down here to do this interview. It's like, I like this, let's go for it, you know? I, I want people to understand or try to have a better understanding of me and, like, some of my friends, you know, new friends like you. Like, I want people to understand us and understand that we're not bad. It's just how we paint it. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. And I noticed that you've brought your Book of Shadows with you. So could you explain what that is to our audience? Uh, The Book of Shadows of the Grimoire is a journal. Or it's like a journal. It's not exactly a spell book. Um, Yes, there are spells in here. Yes, we do practice spells, but... It's more of, um, it's our Bible. It's everything we learn, everything we believe, everything we practice, notes about dreams, notes about whatever, you know, whatever helps you on your path. It's in this book. This is my third one, (laughs) but like, there's just knowledge in here that I have that works for me or things I read or things that help me on my path to healing. It's all the knowledge I find, all the knowledge I study. That's which makes it sacred to me. This is my life, my work, my journey. And I tried not to take it out of the house, but I figured this would be easy to take it out of the house. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. I know that's a very sacred book to you, so it means a lot to me that you felt comfortable enough to bring it with you today for this interview. So you mentioned that you write down spells in your Book of Shadows. Now, what exactly does a spell entail for Wiccans? A lot of people, when they think of spells, they think of like something like Hocus Pocus with like a big cauldron, or they think of like a magical wand like in Cinderella. <laughs> yeah, uh, spellcasting has a lot of interesting forms in the media. Um, most spells are, with anything, where'd you get power? Um, actually, um, each spell has an intent and a purpose. Um, so I have this amulet on. My fiance bought me this last year. Um, and I put a protection spell on it. So it's basically instructions on how to charm it for protection, the words you use, um, just the practices of how you do something. So a spell is essentially, they're just words like anything, but those are words power behind it. That intent is everything in spellcast because that intent becomes your energy and that energy becomes your spell. And you have to believe in what you're doing for it needing to take root, I should say. So in a way, a spell is kind of similar to a prayer since people pray with intent for a specific purpose and then people cast spells with a specific purpose. That's correct. Um, so what are some of the holidays in Wicca, and what particular holiday has the most meaning to you, and why? Uh, some of the holidays, um, there's Yule, which is the, the winter solstice. Uh, we're coming up on the spring solstice and equinox, which is cool. Uh, 
of course, there's Sampai, which everyone knows is Halloween, which is my favorite, um, just because akin to Christmas, Sampai is like our Christmas because it's the most magical time of the year. That's the time where the most energy flows in the world. And I love it because, you know, Sampai usually has all these giant rituals. Um, everyone's doing these rituals to honor the dead and it's like our time of rebirth. Like kind of like spring is our time of renewal or whatever, but like Sampai is like the time where everybody comes together to do all these amazing things. Plus, well, it's Halloween. Everyone loves Halloween. We don't, I guess Halloween technically is a Christian thing, but like, we still love Halloween. But, um, there's eight holidays. So there's Samhain, which is Halloween, Yule, Embolic, Astara, which is coming up, um, Beltane, Letha, Lamus, and Mama. Eight holidays. Um, there's a ritual associated with each of them. There's a deity associated with each of them. They're just, it's, it's good. Each time is, Renewal, it's a fresh start. Each year you get eight starts, eight fresh starts, eight chances. Well, you get a lot of chances, but you get eight major chances to reaffirm your connection with the other side. Oh, I find that really interesting since in a lot of cultures, eight is considered a very sacred or holy number. Well, a lot of cultures draw heavily, heavy influences from paganism. It's the oldest religion in the world, despite what anyone thinks. Um, and there's pagan symbols in every religion. Christmas tree, that was a pagan symbol. Halloween, started out as a pagan holiday. No. Easter, it's a pagan holiday. A star, it's coming up. Like A lot of religions draw their influences from paganism, but because they've branched off and become their own thing, I guess that scares them. That, you know, we, did, we, we borrowed this stuff and we made it ours, but now they're trying to like, take it back. That's not what we're doing. You know? You borrowed something from us. Keep it, you know? Yeah, exactly. I noticed that there's a lot of touches of pagan influence in all kinds of different holidays. So, in a way, it's sort of like paganism is all around us wherever you go, but a lot of people don't realize that. And I feel like that sort of further feeds into the stigma of paganism being this great other to a lot of the religions that are more commonplace or uh, some would call mainstream. Yeah, well, everybody wants to be right. No one wants to be wrong. And a lot of religions think there's the right religion. And, you know, us as pagans, we're just sitting back like, okay, that's perfectly fine, you know? You do you, we'll do us. The fact that a lot of younger people are now discovering pagan, um, their, their roots in paganism there's a lot more Wiccans popping up than ever before. That's awesome because we're now in a generation where people aren't so reluctant to change. Like young people will learn anything that piques their interest. And the fact that so many of them are sticking with it, it actually makes me feel good because it's just like, finally someone gets it. <laughs> I noticed that I, there was an article I was reading, I believe it was from The Guardian, that mentioned that uh, in recent years, the level of people that practice paganism and Wicca has gone up, especially with the younger generations? I think ever, I think the younger generation realizes what my generation hasn't realized, or the generation before me is, you can choose. It's okay. And I think with a lot of other things in life becoming more socially acceptable, the younger generation is like, why not this? You know, I can do this and it doesn't matter. And plus, the younger generation actually really does not care what anyone thinks about them. I think 
that's amazing. But no, that that brings me a lot of joy because I've had people younger than me asking me questions. And I'm like, yes, finally a chance to give knowledge. You know, I I couldn't do that when I when I was first starting out because it wasn't talked about. And now we can talk about it. And what do you think this will entail for the future of Wicca? I think we will stop being persecuted. I think people will stop equating us with devil worshipping because that drives me up the cliff. And I think that how we're portrayed in the media will probably be better. I'm hoping my not that I care about the media, but like I want the culture itself to be portrayed in a positive light instead of we always have these negative conversations. I would like to for once just see it as a positive thing. That'd be pretty cool. I hope that happens. I mean, if it makes you happy, that's all that matters. And it brings you it it does really open up a world to like a whole new dimension of friends like that's awesome because you know we're all coming together for a collective person i feel like in a way that's what a lot of religion means to people is it's about a group of people coming together to help support each other brought us together as friends definitely definitely and it's been great talking with you today and it's been great hearing your thoughts and beliefs thank you so much for being with us thank you for having me i hope that i can come back in the future with new stuff so that was eli henford and i'm your host sarah walsh i hope you all have a wonderful day